Hello, everybody. My name's Tim Perko, and you're listening to I Believe. Now what? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful episode. So today, if you couldn't tell by the title already, this episode is going to be How You Get Saved. And honestly, I've been wanting to do an episode like this for a while, and I just came, I sat down, I started writing my notes out, and I'm like, I'm going to do this episode because this message needs to get out there. And if you already are saved, I please invite you to listen, and hopefully you can take some of these verses that I'm using and some of this understanding that I might give out in these verses to, to maybe witness to somebody. Or maybe you never had the words or you didn't know what to say to these people that you could be witnessing to. Well, hopefully this podcast will give you a good reference, all within God's will and through the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, today as we get this message out here, I pray that if there is anybody out there, Lord, that is listening to this that does not believe, they will come to believe that you will work in their heart. Lord, I pray that the people that are listening to this that already are saved can use this message and can it'll help them uh, in, in witnessing to other people. Lord, I pray that the Spirit will just move through this message, Lord, and that you can do with whatever you want, Lord, with this podcast through your will, through the Spirit. Lord, thank you so much for everything you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What we're going to go over here is the path to salvation. At the very end, I'm going to give an example of salvation in the Lord, just so you can be 100% assured everything that I'm saying is right. Now, I'm going to take all these verses that we're going over here through the book of Romans. Why Romans? Well, if you know anything about me, Romans is one of my favorite books because it gives the entire gospel account in one book, and it lays it out so simply. So we're going to pretty much break down the who, what, where, when, why, and all that. We're going to go over, you know, who God is, why we need him, how we can get salvation through him, and pretty much how we continue to grow in that life. All right, well, let's go ahead and pick it up. We're very. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the very first chapter of Romans in Romans 1.20. And for those of you who already are believers, you probably already know where I'm going with this. Yes, I'm using something called the Romans Road. What is the Romans Road for people who might not know? It is a common passage of verses that pretty much give you the entire gospel explanation throughout Romans, just without having to read the entire book of Romans. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, behind the Romans Road is the path to salvation. It is the road to salvation. That's why it's called the Romans Road. All right, so if you have your Bibles and you're able to turn with me, please go to Romans 120. All right, Romans 120 reads, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. All right, let's break that verse down. What does that mean? Saying, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Saying, You don't have to have God directly in front of you to believe in him. You have everything around you as a testimony to God. The wind, the birds, the trees, the stars in the sky, the sun, the fact that you're breathing and alive is all a testimony to God. Other invisible attributes, you know, you can think of it as kind of like love, kindness, 
things like that. that. These are things, these are attributes that we have that are invisible. You can't see them unless you start wearing them on your face or showing them to other people. But these are invisible attributes. And then Paul even goes on to list what those invisible attributes are, two of them being the, the Godhead and eternal power. If you don't know what the Godhead is, that's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And this might be confusing. You can do a whole other episode on this, but uh, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all God in one. They're three in one. And don't don't worry if you're kind of confused by that. Lots of people who believe still are. I mean, even me, I get kind of mind blown about it, that the fact that God is three persons in one. That's why they call it the Trinity. It's the Godhead. None of them are stronger than the other. They are all exactly the same, but yet they are three separate. Crazy to think of. Uh, But that's the Godhead. And that's what Paul is talking about. And then Paul goes on to say, that uh, no nobody's out with ex- without excuse because of these attributes. There is no one without excuse. We do not have an excuse not to believe God. That's what Paul's saying. And it, a lot of people go back to the fact that Paul never made it over to the Americas. What about the Native Americans or all these other people that never got to hear the word of God? Well, God can work through natural revelation and reveal the truth. I mean, God is the one who knows the heart. Who knows what God did to other people to show them the truth and to reveal to them, uh, uh, to God, to give them the truth. So I can't really speak on that. I do know what the Bible says, and you need to believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, if you want to be saved. Can God show that to other people if he wanted to, that weren't necessarily witnessed to by one of the apostles? Absolutely. I believe it 100%. Did it happen? I don't know. All I know is what is fair is what we're about to read here soon, that we are all sinners and what we deserve was death. We didn't deserve the grace that God gave us. And we can pick that up from Romans 3.23. And that reads, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. We have all sinned. That verse doesn't read for whom have sinned or if you have sinned. It read, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. We need to understand that. We need to understand that we are all sinners and that nobody seeks after God. Paul talks about this in Romans. No man seeks after God. We are all completely unrighteous. We are wretched. We blaspheme God in our everyday actions. Uh, Nobody is searching after God when they're not saved. We're not doing anything to bless God. We're living for ourselves and we're living selfishly. That is what the natural man is. We continue to read the good news side, though, in Romans 5.8. And that reads, But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So you have God separating himself, the Son, and giving the Son up to die. The only innocent man to ever walk this earth. You got to remember, Jesus came down and lowered himself, put a limiter on himself pretty much, and became a man. And he was the only sinless man to ever walk this earth, only sinless person to ever walk this earth. And he died, and he shed that innocent blood for us. 
Think about it. That's nuts. Would you give up your only child to die for people who constantly abuse your name, do heinous acts, rape people, murder people, look at child pornography, slander their neighbor? I can go through every list of sin, but that's what Christ did. That's what God did. He sent part of himself, his son, his only son, to die on the cross for a bunch of sinners, worthless sinners like us. Wow. Crazy when I think about it. It always is. We go to Romans 6.23 to realize why we need that gift of Christ. And Romans 6.23 reads, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's literally telling you there, there, we got two choices. We're either going to die in our sin or we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Because that's the only options we have. We sinned, we get death. That's what we deserve. But through the grace of God, we can have eternal life if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's the good news right there. That's the gospel. That's literally what gospel means, the good news. We continue on in Romans 10, 9 through 10. And this is actually, if you had to sum up one verse that I had to give to somebody on how you can get saved, if I could only give them one verse, I would give them this verse. Romans 10, verses 9 through 10. Well, I guess it's two verses then, really. But it reads that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So what this verse is saying is when you believe in your heart, your heart is changed, you became a new person, and it was a, as a result of you becoming a new person and the result of that change in your heart that you believe in God, you are going to confess it with your mouth. It's not the other way around where you confess and then you have a changed heart. No, 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 no. Jesus actually uh, addresses that. He said, not everybody who cries out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do my Father's will. What does he mean by that? You have to have a changed heart before you can even confess that Lord is God. I think Paul even references this in the Corinthians, that uh, nobody can proclaim the Lord, Lord is God unless they have the Spirit in them. Now, you can go ahead and say it right now out loud. It doesn't make it that you believe it. You have to truly believe that in order to be saved. Move on to Romans 10.13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does that verse mean? To call on the name of the Lord is to be in just the most desperate state where you are truly asking the Lord for salvation. You truly want him. It's a result of that changed heart. You know, my father, he always told me, uh, if, if you're ever 
talking to somebody who, you know, doesn't believe in the Lord. And they kind of want to, but they're kind of push off against it, and but they're willing to engage in that conversation with you. And one thing you should ask him, and he says this because this is what he did. He says, ask them to just get down on their knees and pray. They can pray to God and ask him. And if they truly mean it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a result. Then just ask God, Lord, if you're real, you know, please, please give me understanding. Show yourself to me. Show me that you're real, Lord. Because if you are, I want to believe. You know, I'm not saying that that's going to work for everybody. But if they really do mean it in their heart, if they mean what they're saying, and they're actually truly searching for if God is real or not, there is no doubt in my mind, and it is evident through many verses in the Bible, that God will reveal himself. And it's very evident right there in Romans 10.13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, almost the English words don't do it enough justice. If you go in and look at the Greek translation of what um, they're talking about when they use the word calls, the calls on the name of the Lord, it's almost like a, it's like, Lord, like you mean it. You're saying it and you mean it. You're not saying it just, Lord, um, Lord, I want to believe, you know, it's not like that. You are saying it, you know, it's called, Lord, please, Lord, if you are real, show yourself to me, please, Lord, please. I want to believe if you are real, if you are out there, Lord, please. That is what it's talking about. That is the type of whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved is talking about. If you can do that, if and you truly mean it, I promise you that the Lord Jesus Christ will show himself to you and work in your heart. The Father will work in your heart and draw you to Jesus Christ. I promise you. We'll look at one more verse before we get on to an example of salvation, and that's going to be Romans 11.36. And Romans 11.36 reads, For of him and through him and to him are all Things by whom be the glory forever. Amen. And what that's reaffirming is just like that Godhead we are talking about there. For of him and through him and to him are all things. Saying, he made all this. He made it with his power. And it's all for him. And it's all for the glory of God. To whom be the glory forever. Amen. Man, I love it when Paul writes like that. You could just tell the passion in him. And if you really want a good example now of salvation in Jesus Christ, I, I will give you one. And I will probably give you the best one that I can think of because this man who wants salvation in Jesus Christ is 100% assured in salvation through the words of Christ. And when I say the words of Christ, I'm talking about the words of Christ, Christ in front of his face, directly talking to him. If you have your Bibles out, please turn with me to Luke chapter 23, verse 32. And we're going to read on. There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. 
And if you don't know where we're at in the Bible, this is the scene where Jesus Christ has been led up to Calvary to be crucified for our sins. There were two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand, the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ, the chosen one of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, to save yourself. And an inscription was also written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Now just to put this in context, this is all going on over a matter of time. People are taunting Jesus. They're ripping up his clothes. They're gambling for it. It's all fulfilling prophecy. And even both of those criminals were up there taunting Jesus. Both of them. While in the midst of all their pain, they were still taunting Jesus. And if you want to reference that, the fact that both of them were taunting Jesus, because this is important, you can find it in Mark 15, 32. They were both up there taunting Jesus. But then something happened to one of them. We're going to read that right now. Pick it back up on verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation, and that we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. Read that again. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due Due reward of our deeds. He's saying we're getting what we deserve. We're up here on this cross and we are dying for what we did. We are getting for what we deserve. Then he said to Jesus, this criminal who was just offending him, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. My friends, this is amazing. Because what you're reading here is the very first case of salvation in Jesus Christ. Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Can you imagine Jesus Christ speaking to you physically? in your physical presence, telling you that you're going to go to heaven with him. Every time I read this verse, Romans 10, verses 9 through 10, ring in my head that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see the change in this criminal's heart. He was just making fun of him. And then all of a sudden, his heart was changed. He had a heart of stone to turn into a heart of flesh, and he began to defend Jesus. All the way to the point where he confessed that Jesus was Lord by saying, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He believed in his heart and he confessed with his mouth. And my friends, if anybody ever tells you that you get saved by anything else other than believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, my friend, they are an apostasy. They are wrong. There is only one path to salvation and that is through Jesus Christ, the fact that the innocent lamb, the only innocent person to ever walk this earth, died on the cross to save us from our sins because we couldn't do it ourselves. There is no amount of works that we could possibly do to save ourselves. And that was proven time and time again throughout history. Look at the entire Old Testament. The entire Old Testament is nothing but a giant block of history showing that man cannot save themselves. There is no way we can fulfill the law. There is no way we can be sinless. There was only one man to ever do that, only one person to ever do that, and that person was Jesus Christ. And what did we do with that man? We killed him. But it had to happen according to God's plan. Because through Christ's death, his blood, his atoning blood, his power of his, the unlimited power of his atoning blood, that is to wipe away all of our sins, came onto us, the people who believe in him, and washed us free of our sins. We were made a new person in Christ when we accepted that. That is the only path to salvation. Do not, my friends, do not let anybody ever tell you that there is another way to get saved. Do not let them tell you, do not believe them when they tell you that, okay, believe in all that, but then you have to get baptized immediately after. You have to take seven sacraments. You need to confess your sins. You need to speak in tongues. You need to do this or that or get circumcised or whatever the heck else there might be out there that people try to add on to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the biggest apostasy. It is the worst thing they could possibly do. Paul is very clear when he mentions this in the word that anybody who tries to twist the word of Jesus Christ, who tries to twist the gospel message, let them be accursed. Let them be cursed. There is nothing besides faith that can save you. By the grace of God, Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins, and through our faith, we are saved. It is faith plus nothing. That thief believed in his heart, confessed with his mouth, and then went with Jesus down into Abraham's bosom to gather up all the Old Testament saints that who believed in Jesus through faith and took them up into heaven. I watched once a Catholic apologist talk to me and tried to convince people 
that when Jesus said paradise, he was talking about purgatory. He was trying to convince people that he still had to pay for his sins. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise today. Not in 20 years, not in 100 years, not once you spent your time in purgatory and burned away the sins that you have. No, they went straight down into Abraham's bosom. Jesus went down there. He descended in. He grabbed up the good Old Testament saints and brought them up into heaven. That man, that day, was with Christ in heaven. And then if you really want to get technical with it, look up the Greek word for paradise and see what the Greek word for paradise used in that verse meant. It meant an Eden. Specifically, Eden. If you really don't believe, cross-reference it. When was paradise used again in the Bible? If you don't know, I don't blame you. I had to look it up myself. It was used in Revelation 2-7 where Christ, where Jesus where God is talking about eating from the tree of life. Well, the tree of life is only in one place, as far as I know. That's heaven, my friends. So don't let anybody try to twist it and conform you to their crazy theology because they want you to buy into the system. Just believe this. If you didn't get anything out of this message, then just believe this. Romans 10, verses 9 through 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for the gift that you have given us. Thank you so much for giving us your word so we can understand the path to receiving that gift, Lord. I pray, Lord, that the people out here listening are either assured of their salvation, Lord, or if they aren't saved, that you work in them, that the Spirit's working in them, Lord, And they can come to know you. And they can come to believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that you are Lord, that you died on the cross to save us from our sins and you were the only way to get to heaven, Lord. Thank you so much for everything you do in our lives, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you in God's will alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.